Happy Tag Tuesday. Hello. Hello. I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two Average Girls. We're glad you're with us. We are. It's, it's summertime. It is. And you know what that means. Hot girl summer. Hot girl. <laughs> it might mean hot girl summer, but in our case, in podcast world, it means a little bit of a break, a tiny little vacation for the month of July. We haven't taken a vacation in two years. Mm-mm, not from the podcasting world. No. We actually have taken our microphones with us, which is super fun. Uh, some of the places that we've gone, at least together, it's like, mm, and Denise has taken it like out to the desert. It's really fun. It's fun. But we are actually taking a break break because, first of all, Denise is going to be in Europe. And, you know, I don't know if they have microphone <laughs> capabilities in Europe. Well, and also, <laughs> to be honest with you, we could have probably pre-recorded a whole bunch of stuff. Why? But exactly. My voice <laughs> is like so crazy. I am hoping by the time we all get back together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't sound like this anymore. I think that that's your voice telling you to cut it out. It might be. It might yeah. be. I might be writing on a whiteboard to everybody in my family. That's what they're hoping, actually. <laughs> Prayers have been answered. Make it stop. No. Make it stop. No. Yes. So we are on vacation, but we want to share with you some of the most popular, but not just popular, the most downloaded podcasts that we have. Yeah. And we start revisiting it. I sometimes go back and look at what we've got going because it's been two years and we're over a hundred episodes in mm-hmm. and I forget how good some of them were. So you and I picked out some of the ones that we thought were not only interesting, but super fun and it meant a lot to us. And so we wanted to reshare them. Yes, and today we're starting with a, a real doozy. I mean, an absolute character. And, I, you know, it's like naming your favorite child. It's impossible to do. But um, as far as just big personalities are concerned, our guest that we're airing today is so fun. He is the father of our music producer, Jason Freeze. We interviewed Stan Freeze way back in episode 32. Can you believe that? It doesn't seem like it could be that long ago. No, it was so long ago. But Stan, talk about just big personality. Stan was so much fun to have on. He came in with his wife and we just sat and chatted and he was just he was just absolutely amazing. One of the reasons we wanted to revisit Stan this week is because he has now written a book. It's available on Amazon. It's called Music Mayhem and the Mouse, and it's. <laughs> the, I'm just going to give you a very brief. There's a the whole summary is on Amazon. Look it up. It's such a fun book. It's uh, it's it's a journey. This is what it says as far as the description. It's a journey through the remarkable life of a Midwestern tuba player turned entertainment impresario, an eyewitness account to aspects of Disney Parks history seldom covered. And it also talks about his personal struggles and, but also, you know, redemption and all of the things that he's gone through. He's such a fun person to talk to. The podcast was so much fun uh, when we had him on. I just loved it. He is, for those of you who didn't listen or don't remember, he's my old neighbor. And we, I had all three children living next door to him. Stan was the guy and his, and his son, Jason, who we're still very close with. They raised me and my kids. And I say raised me because I was a young mom, mm-hmm. adulting for the first time in yeah. a new home with three yeah. kids, stay at home, running a business. There was just so much going on and they were so integral in my life. And when we had them on the podcast, when we had Stan on the podcast, he talked about his book and he was in the process of finishing it. And I remember talking to him and it was really hard for him to finish the book. Yes. And I don't. I think it had a lot to do with it and I haven't asked him and I think we're going to try to have him on again. But I think that part of the issue for him finishing that book was that he was kind of second guessing himself a little bit 
Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you the book is amazing. Go Mm -hmm. out, get it. He's such an interesting guy. The stories he told on the podcast, you're going to want to hear it. And if you heard it already, listen to it again, because I have to say this, his takeaway gift, his Mm -hmm. tag is, and it is hard to name your favorite child, but if you have to, if I had to choose one person and their tag, it's probably this one. Yeah. I'm not going to give it away. No. It is my favorite. So, um, so you can order Stan's book on Amazon, um, but in the meantime, listen to the podcast that we've got coming up right now. The title of it is All Good Things Start With a Bet, and it does not disappoint. <laughs> nope. Here is Stan Freeze. Welcome. Happy Tag Tuesday, Denise. Happy Tuesday. Yeah. I'm still here with the voice. It's okay. It's getting better every time. I like to talk with a deep voice, so I sound <laughs> sexy. She does. All the time. <laughs> all, all the time. It's not that sexy, but it is It is what it is. So if you hear these weird noises, I'm going to still... It's just me. We're powering through. Yeah, we're just powering through. We didn't want to not have more tags going on. Or our next guest, who's... <sighs> kind of amazing we've been waiting <laughs> legend. for since we started which it's we've been now a year. done like 30 or so episodes wow. Wow. we've been we've been on air for about six months but it was a year ago it was christmas time that yes. we interviewed our guest's son that's true and we said we gotta have your dad on yeah we didn't go live until june yeah we are, right so mm-hmm. um it was a process but we wanted to have stan on stan freese is with us we love stan Welcome. Thank you. Who Welcome. is Stan? I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Who is Stan? The <laughs> We're man, so the glad. myth, the legend. My social security number is three. <laughs> not, not quite, but yeah. Stan has lived a life. Yes. You've lived a lot of lives. Um, right now I'm looking at Stan and he has a signature pair of glasses. His glasses change. Yes. Right now they're red. Red, and I got a red watch band and red shoes. He's so co- color coordinated, and sometimes it'll be white. Yep. Sometimes it just depends on how you're feeling. Totally. And you can never be bored when you're around Stan. He walked in the room, and I was immediately entranced. Right. Yeah. No one's bored <laughs> when Stan's in the room. Oh, but we got to talk about Stan's life. Yes. Uh, what, what brings Stan to a podcast is a resume that... Well, can I use the phrase to beat the band? Would that work for you? <laughs> That's good. Okay. He likes yeah. it. Yeah. Stan is the ultimate band guy. He, You worked for Disney for how many years? Let's see. I started in 1971. Uh, I opened Walt Disney World as the first band leader of Disney World when in that f- park opened. Oh, in Florida. Hired the musicians, all that stuff. So I've been with them since 71. You've also, though, I mean, Disney is just a small a small slice of all of the things that you've done in your in your life musically and otherwise Mm -hmm. give us some of the is it luck Uh, it's part luck for sure yeah without a doubt right place right time totally right place at the right time you but But, you were also a teacher yeah i taught high school uh back in minneapolis uh graduated from university of minnesota taught high school for two years Mm -hmm. during that period uh i was asked to tour the Soviet Union uh, as a soloist uh, for the United States. And Nixon is the one that asked me to do all that. And uh, Why? A soloist doing what? Why? A tuba soloist. A tuba soloist. Well, here's this what happened. Tubatry. Okay. The, the, uh, a group of people from the Soviet Union came over to the United States and went to eight or nine different colleges okay. to decide on one to take back their uh, later date yeah. uh, and represent the United States and tour the Soviet Union. And so I was teaching high school at the time and I didn't want it. And I didn't want it. I'd heard about it. They kind of asked me and I said, no, I better not. And so the print, I, one day I got a <laughs> You call may never from, come back. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, those Russians. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, my principal called me down and said, uh, we just got a letter from Washington, D.C., and you will be going to, on tour to Russia. And I went, well, okay, you know. And, Not alone. Uh, yeah. No, no. No, as, with other uh, people. As the soloist uh, with the University of Minnesota Wind Ensemble. They had chosen the Wind Ensemble from the university if I was to be a part of it uh, as a soloist. And it's just kind of unique to be a tuba soloist, you know. Oh. So... Yeah, like... There's not many tuba solos. Well, I hadn't really thought about that. Just, just Let's just go back to that basics. What got you involved with playing the tuba? A bet. 
Yes. You might know. All good things start with, <laughs> start a, bet. with a bet. Yeah, that's right. What was the bet? The bet was uh, 25 cents. I was in fourth grade, and uh, we had an assembly. And the assembly was the junior high band director came to the elementary school and uh, showed all the different instruments and, and said, if you'd like to be in band next year, you know, here's how to do it. And so uh, my friend uh, Keith Critchlow said, I'll, you know, I'll bet you a quarter you won't do it. And I went, yeah, I will. For and a quarter? So, yeah, for a quarter. Wow. Heck yeah. Because that was a lot of money back Oh, then. yeah, darn tootin'. <laughs> so anyhow, here's the funny part. I went down and I signed up for the tube. And then I came home and I told my parents what I'd done. I'd signed up for the sousaphone. Yeah, but my dad had been a band director, a high school band director years ago. Okay. So he knew exactly what was involved with being a tuba player. And so he thought to himself, I'm not going to say a word. He's going to quit this dumb instrument in no time. So I'll sure. keep my mouth shut. Sure. You know, well, no, it didn't happen that way. And two years later, I was on the Welk show as a soloist. The Lawrence Welk show? Yeah. As a high school? Yeah. Uh, no. I was in, no, no, I was junior high. Because you were in fourth grade when you made the bet. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So you're like in sixth grade on the Lawrence Welk show? Oh, I know, yeah. So here's the deal. Yeah, so I did it. I went out there and... Uh, I don't think people even can comprehend that a tuba can be a solo instrument. Totally. But my dad didn't tell me it couldn't. You know, that was his way of thinking. Yeah. So he would bring home tr uh, music for a trumpet player solos. And then I would... I played the trumpet parts to these solos on the tuba, not thinking that I couldn't, so I did. And the next thing you know, I'm this, like, fat wonder boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow, you must have been really good, though. I mean, in the sixth grade, and you're hauling around that tuba, because it's not small. No, and my dad, bless his soul, would go to the school every night, pick up the tuba there, uh, and bring it home, practice with me, Aww. And then next morning he'd get up early and take it all the way back. So you didn't have to be up. driving yeah. it back and forth. You couldn't. There walk was it back. I, well, I yeah I couldn't practice at home if he hadn't have done that. Oh you know, isn't that wild, Dad? You know what I love about that whole story is that your dad never told you you couldn't. Yeah, totally. He brought back trumpet solos for me to play and said, "Go ahead, here we go." Wouldn't that be amazing if parents, all parents, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> would have been that generous with our children and realizing that the sky's the limit. Yeah. Do it. Why and, not? And there would have been a lot more tuba players. No, for real. <laughs> but you already came from a very musical family right. anyway, so you yeah. had that talent there. Yeah, totally. Did you play the piano before? Any well, I played at the piano, but old boys my age, you know, don't like playing the piano. My mom was an actual uh, piano player and a piano teacher. Oh. They had both graduated from Drake University with their master's in music. So, what? yeah, in fact, it's I'm named in after. You. Yeah, I was named after the head of the music department from Drake University because I was born when they were there. Oh, wow. So it kind of winds around, That's you know. Very cool. I, well, circled on that one. Yeah, yeah. Was your mom your piano teacher? Yes. Yeah, she was, which didn't go that well. <laughs> it didn't. It <laughs> never does doesn't. when no. mom's the no. teacher. No, mom yeah. can't be the teacher. Yeah. How long were you in the Soviet Union for? That's amazing to me. You're yeah. in the Soviet Union. In 1969. <gasps> I mean, this so is. So this is back before. I mean, this is like, look out. Cold you know? war. This is like, cold you war. might not come back. Yeah, that's right. How Don't many, make the wrong move. <laughs> how many of there were you? Were there... Well, I was the soloist yeah. in in the uh, concert band from the University of Minnesota. They went over there, and there were about 50 in that oh, band. Oh, there was a big group. Yeah, I, I didn't play in the band. I just played uh, as a solo. Just now, a solo. we did it years later with the same band. They called me and said, hey, do you want to go to China? Oh. And so I left my teaching assignment and then went to China uh, for a month as a tuba solo in China. How were you received in both countries as the, as the soloist, as an American? You know... What was the vibe? They couldn't believe it. You know, everybody... Because <laughs> they hadn't had tuba soloists. No! And dig this. Yeah. In China, Madame Mao yes. outlawed the tuba. What? Before you got there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is after? No, okay, but can you believe that, that it was why? outlawed? And here's why. why. She was uh, listening to a, a symphony concert. She was in the third row, and, uh, and she was where the 
trombones, which are a direct bell, sure. were playing right towards her. Yeah. But she was looking at the tuba right next to him, thinking that that sound had to be coming out of that tuba, nice. not those trombones. So the next day, she outlawed it and sent the guy to hard labor. <gasps> and I met him. Oh! Yeah, 20 years later or whatever. Did he, he got- get out? Yeah, he got out. He was out. Yeah, he, was he trying to explain, lady, it wasn't my instrument. Right, yeah. Oh, for sure. But <laughs> the, what they did, Dick, this, they smuggled his tuba out to him. and He was relegated to go out and work as a, a, a laborer in the fields. They put his tuba on a wagon full of hay, mm-hmm. and they drove his tuba. Can you believe this? No. They drove his tuba out to him in the fields so he could practice. Wow. Isn't that what? wild? I know. So, oh. yeah, and that Madame Mao, you know, she was a drag. She, was, yeah. <laughs> you know? she didn't have an ear for music, apparently, because you would know the difference between a tuba and a trombone. Yeah, right. Interesting. So it was. But it just things just fell into place. I guess it was supposed to be. So, you know, lucky from, me. From Russia, though, that was a catalyst for you for other things. Yes, that was. Because at the end of that, concert tour uh nixon invited us to the white house to do a command uh, command performance nice. so i did my solo in the rose garden in front of the university of minnesota windows for uh for nixon dobrinin <laughs> henry kissinger uh were all there oh boy in the rose garden Those i did that solo here. yeah the yeah. big dogs yeah, man. Yeah, yeah isn't that crazy That's well nice. disney has uh, some part of their organization that follows weird things, you know. And somebody from the Dizzy organization saw me doing that. And they yeah. went, you know what? Let's call this guy and, and have him come down and play uh, at Walt Disney World. Okay. So um, so they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went down there and... and uh, Killed the rest, it. Yeah. The rest is history, isn't it? The rest is history, yeah. So you were... Um, you said you started the music program at Disney World. No, I, I started the bands down oh, the there. Band. Yeah. Okay. So, well, actually, Jim Christensen from out here started for the first two weeks just to get kind of all the logistics together. Then he came back to uh, California, and I stayed on as the first leader of the Disney World band. How long then did you live in Florida doing that? Not too long. No. Because... It was hot and humid. <laughs> and there's gators. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So it's hot and humid. And I'm out there with the Disney World band, you know, marching all over Disney World. And I'm going, uh, You were the uh, leader of the band. So yes. you weren't holding a tuba anymore. No. You are no. now like in front of everybody. Yeah. Yes. You were like, were you marching like with one of those little thingamajiggers? Like no. a baton? No. No. You just. No, just walked next to him. Oh, you, you know, walked next but to it was the greatest band in the world because they had uh, auditioned from people from all over the United States to be in that band. Now, all the people that they auditioned and then came down there didn't have any idea how hot and humid it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, for real. So, yeah. in six months, they had all quit, and here I am going, oh, no. So, I had to rehire, restock that band. And so, I went, you know what? Disney wants us to have short hair. Our, our uniforms clean, our shoes shine. Where am I going to find those guys? The army. Oh. So I, yeah, that was a, you know, I went, okay, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. and audition musicians from the different service bands. Okay. And that's what I did. And they were great, They're man. Good They're the best in the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were the best. So and you... they always had their hair cut short. <laughs> and they didn't mind. No. They were no, used to it. in the 70s, it was nothing but, you know, hippies. Long hairs. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's t- I didn't even think about that. Yeah. There's a dress code for Disney. Yeah, and, and it was hard for me sometimes to hire other musicians because they went, you know what, I like my beard. Sure. I like my long hair. And I they wouldn't like Because fa- they wouldn't let facial hair. No. Do no. they... What is it like now? Is is are they still strict like that? No, they're not that strict. Not. Totally. Yeah. So totally. you were there for a short amount of time, and then you came back to Disneyland in Anaheim. Well, what I did is I went. I can't do this, you know. <laughs> the so, heat. So <laughs> the heat I, is too much. Yeah. Right. So I went in to uh, to kind of respectfully uh, resign, and they said, "Well, how about?" Rather than quit, we bring you out to Disneyland because we're in need of probably changing leaders anyhow. We'll move you and your family out to Disneyland and you take over the Disneyland band. So 
your wife and your kids were happy to go. Everyone yeah. moved out to California. That's yeah. a step above. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, it was with all the heat and humidity. Sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. So then, what, so then what did you do for, for Disneyland at that time? You, were you the same, a band leader? Right. I was a band leader, mm-hmm. plus I organized uh, the small little bands from within the Disneyland band. So the Disneyland band subdivided into four smaller bands. You know, a Dixieland band, yeah. uh, a saxophone quartet, uh, you know, so. <laughs> so they are, they're full time because they right. march in the band and then they do the live, Correct. the live music on the side that you see them sure. wearing those little outfits right. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Did That's you ever exciting. go back to just playing the tuba, being a tuba soloist at that point? Yeah, I have on and off. I yeah. went to China. After is, that, after that, oh, I went to okay. China in 1980, and then I did hee haw the whole time. What? Oh, tell us about hee haw, because the kids don't know what hee haw let, is. Let's <laughs> preface it. Uh, the producer of uh, his name was Sam Lavello, and he produced the Smothers Brothers. Oh, yeah. and so he had that sense of comedy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he, uh, let me get this right. I wrote a song. Oh, you nice. haven't lived till you've kissed a tuba player. <laughs> At the time, as played that. Uh, funky music white boy right so i changed it to play that country tuba cowboy <laughs> and then i played it for my boss at disneyland just as a joke he said hey, look sure. what i did last night yeah. you know and then he went whoa and he picked up the phone and uh said we got to get you out to uh to be on hee-haw so it was through play that country, country tuba, tuba cowboy, cowboy that, that you I got, got to audition hee-haw. okay right yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. where was Hee Haw anyway? Where were they producing that out of? Well, uh, back then it was uh, in Hollywood. Oh, it and was. And then later it moved to Nashville. They moved it, okay. Right. And okay. then it was the Grand Ole Opry. And so I was on the Grand Ole Opry. Is know, that the ultimate? Is that the ultimate stage? Is the Grand Ole Opry? Yeah, is it? totally. Yeah. yeah. So I just did guest spots. My deal was in Nashville, I could be on either hee-haw or whatever, as many times as I could write a funny song about the tuba. And so... <laughs> so How many I, songs have you written that are oh, funny about the tuba? 15, probably. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so Roy Clark, come to find out, yeah. is a tuba player. Oh, he is? I yeah. didn't know that. Oh. So he freaked out. You know, he just loved it. Sure. So he so then he, he said, hey, I want to do... Uh, something with you on hee-haw. Sure. So I said, sure, man. So we got him a tuba from the junior high. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, so we did that. It so was fun. So for the kids who don't know what hee-haw is, it's a variety show with a country bend. That's exactly what it is. Okay, so you know, They have all the big names in country, Dolly Parton, everybody else, does stints on that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that's what exactly what it is. It's, it's funny humor, uh, kind of, country humor sure. but it's it's pretty funny humor i'll tell you so you were on that show for how many years 10 on and off so every time you wrote a little ditty with the two well here's the deal they t- they filmed it every six months so what? I, that's it that's yeah, it every, just six every six months they film the thing oh. every six months year round okay. and then they they just do a ton of them that six right. months so um yeah so my deal was that if I, if I wrote a song in that six-month period, I'd call Sam and say, hey, I got a song. I'll be on the plane tomorrow. If not, I just skipped that six-month deal. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I was way too busy at Disney sure. to sit down and write those or to leave. You know, Was Disney supportive of you doing that? They didn't know. <laughs> they didn't well, see you on Hee Haw? Yeah, right. <clears throat> uh, I didn't. Uh, Tara, remind me. Did I? I'm not sure if I told them. I don't think I told them. You know, I they think I just went down there. At some point. Was Disney supportive of you doing that? Yeah. So uh, one day I'm walking in the back lot of Disneyland, and uh, and this guy, a painter, uh, that was doing <laughs> painting and had two cans of paint with him, and he said he stopped me and he said, uh, "Pardon me, were you ever on Hee Haw?" <laughs> <laughs> And I said, yeah. He I said, recognize that tuba. Yeah. No, he said, thank God. <laughs> he said, I thought I was stoned. Oh. And, you know, and, yeah, I thought I was freaking out, man. You know, I thought I dropped some acid, acid and I yeah. wasn't sure what yeah. I was looking so at. So he said, thank God. And then he just picked up his cans and went ahead. Didn't oh. say it was good. Didn't say it was bad. Didn't say hello. Just went, thank God. Oh, yeah. 
so, self-preservation. So I guess the painter was supportive of it. Yeah, yeah, the painter loved it. At the very least. <laughs> At the yeah. very least. That's so fun. So you do solo acts for Hee Haw. You do solo acts for presidents. Yeah, during that time is all for Hee Haw. During right? all, okay. all this time. Right. What is this time frame? Is this like a 10-year period? Is this... Yeah, is there a time when 69. the tuba was really, really hot going on? Like no. there's a lot of tuba no. demand? No, that's why I was, you know, such an oddity because there wasn't that much of a demand. Let's let's fast forward to the tuba tree. Right. When did the tuba tree take place? I mean, when did it start becoming a thing? Uh, about 1988, I think. What made you decide, I think, you know what I'll do? I've got this old tuba. I'll just that's hang it in my tree. That's about how it was. Is it really? Yeah. And so I had it trimmed. It's a pepper tree. It's a big pepper so tree. They, so they got a lot of branches. Yeah. So I hung a couple up there just for fun. And two days later, there's a cornet hanging there. <laughs> and a week later, there's a trombone hanging Someone there. Someone was bringing their other, stuff and hanging it? Other people saw the, the tree and went, oh, I've got something up it up there. Okay, so other instruments besides tubas, or no? Total I just did tubas, got. but it, he took he took the cornet, took the cornet, and cornet down. Out. I'm like, come on, this is a tuba tree, people. Let's Please. be real. Yeah, <laughs> let's right. be a purist here. Yeah, right. We're only yeah. st- dealing in tubas. Right, exactly. Now, tell me, is are tubas different sizes? Yeah, because you have different things that I didn't know was a tuba. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's two basic different tubas, and that is the tuba that you hold. Like this, Gigantic. and the bell up, yeah. and then there's the sousaphone, which is also a tuba that wraps around you. The, right. Oh. That the college bands march with, because oh. you couldn't march. So John you would Phillips, have had your dad have yeah. to come with you to every marching right. situation, yeah. and he but would have. But thought, you know, my <clears throat> bands can't do all these parades with these tubas, so he orchestrated the invention of the sousaphone. That's why they call it John, you know, sousaphone oh, for Sousa. Yeah. And the rest I is... I had no idea. Yeah. Do you have a preference? Uh, no, they're good. They're each good for something, you know, they sound pretty much alike. Do the they? tubas actually sound better, uh, the timber of their of their sound. But pretty much, you know, I, I don't have a preference. No preference. They when, each have a, a spot in my life. Sure. When you were... Touring Russia and China, did you take the sousaphone or the tuba? Well, no, the the tubas. Okay. But the Madame Mao thing was the interesting thing, you know, that she had outlawed the tuba. So you can't get over it. Let's not give our governor any ideas (laughs) because he's so radical and he's such a dictator that he might... Decide that this could be something he wants to do as and well. And I'll, I'll help him. <laughs> did you know, did you know when you went to China that your instrument that you were carrying had been outlawed? Yeah. Did right you have before. to get No. Was there no, special no, but permission? Madame Mao outlawed it uh, because she had seen, you know, she thought that that's what that's she was what listening was. to. Yeah. She sent this poor guy out to hard labor, but he came to my concert where I became the solo, the, where I was a soloist years later. Yeah. He came backstage. As had he been released from jail? Yeah, okay. that whole thing. So he came backstage and met me. Nice. And he just couldn't stop crying. I was gonna say he must have been because so he went touched. to prison for doing what I was doing for a thousand people, and he oh. to see that, you know, it just was over the top. Yeah, I've got some letters from him. He, what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, David Bowie. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. No, I don't He's remember. He's not still living. Like, you didn't just receive a Christmas card no, from no. him. No, no. Okay. No. He's probably still living. Though. You think? Maybe? Yeah, it's a maybe. possibility. Yeah. That's, that is fascinating. That's crazy, isn't it? That's, That's crazy. Bananas yeah. to have something like that not only outlawed, but now you get to go do hard time in a Chinese prison. Can yeah. you imagine what that's like? Yeah. No, thank you. You, as a Disneyland band director, you also figured out ways of keeping everybody busy. I helped them with Paris. I, I did a lot in Tokyo mm. for, uh, you know, the, the theme parks over there. And uh, the stuff that I did in Florida naturally just ebbed out. And uh, But Florida stuff, uh, I mean, uh, Japan did quite a bit of stuff for the Tokyo Disneyland. How, how many, as we both asked the same yeah. question, how many musicians do you think you've hired for Disney? Do you have like a, Ballpark? Hundreds? Thousands? Oh, probably a thousand. Whoa. I'm guessing, yeah, between... Uh, I bet it's more than that. 
Yeah, maybe some more than that. I bet it's more than that. Isn't that the the problem of being a musician is I'm so talented and I can play any instrument you set in front of me. I can't get paid for it. Yeah, yeah you know, totally. Finding totally. a paying job. Yep, yep. So my whole deal was that I, my purpose on earth was to give good musicians a good job. You know, God put me here to give all these great musicians an actual job where they made money. An opportunity. Yeah, totally. You wow. Know, so it wasn't that I was so good. I was just right place at the right time. For real. Yeah, I mean, I have the utmost of respect for these guys. Sure. You know, a lot of bosses don't necessarily treat their employees with the respect they deserve. Well, you know? you're one of them. Yeah, you, totally. You came That's from true. there. And my you, dad was one. My mom was one. My grandpa was one. And mm -hmm. you married a woman who was also a musician. Yes, she was a piano player. Right, a concert pianist. Yeah. And then you had two children. Right. That, and we've talked to Jason about this, but did you encourage them to go into music? No, not really. Uh, because I fit, you know, I figured that's a bad way to start for a kid is to be made to do that. Right. Yeah. You know, so, but Josh just started picking up the drums at a real early age. So I figured, okay, I'll let him start. If he wants to start and do this, I'll support him. Yeah. You know. You had and, to do what your dad did, which was, don't tell him he can't do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so who did for folks who don't know who does Josh play for? Who is Josh? Who is Josh? Who is Josh? Yeah. Josh is is one of the uh, most active drummers in the country and has been for years. Uh, he played. He's playing with Sting now and has for fifteen years. But he was with uh, No Doubt, Nine Inch Nails, mm -hmm. yeah, Guns and Roses. And uh, who else? Perfect circle. So a working musician. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. then Jason, who we've talked to, right. who is currently working for Green Day, right. but has also done tons of other stuff. Yeah, tons. Saxophone player, keyboard. Keyboard sax. So they, you must have had instruments just kind of laying around the house oh, that yeah. they could pick up. Yeah. But you He's gave them it. an environment to thrive musically. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, I I would support them. I didn't want to push it, but I for sure supported it. Once I saw that it was there. When Josh was in junior high, I would take him and at night and we'd go up to the Baked Potato, a jazz club in L.A. Oh, I've never even heard I've of that. I've never heard yeah, of that. Okay. Yeah. There was a real famous drummer, it still is, uh, that would play up there at the Baked Potato. And so Josh wanted to see this guy, Vinny Caliuto, his name is. And he's <laughs> unbelievable drummer, the best, in the, you know. So I would take Josh up there and Vinny would let him sit next to him up there and all night, you know. So Josh got to sit there as this kid on the stage. I'm sure everybody in the audience is going, hey, how come he go up there? Yeah, you know? right. But um, well, yeah, he would just sit there and, and watch Vinny. And now and everybody's watching him. So he he learned sort of at the feet of. Yeah. Like he got some real good. Yeah, observation wise, yeah. for sure. And then both boys learned about the business that way, mm. you know, and uh, with all of those early days. Mm -hmm. Plus, you went to, they were at Disneyland behind the scenes all the time. Yeah, actually, uh, um, the band that Josh was in won Junior Star Search. And so that was the oh. only way I could get the band, since I hired the bands, everybody would have said, oh, Freeze, you can't do that, man. Your kid's in that band. Right. But since they won Junior Star Search, that gave that band and me the hook to put them in there. So they started playing at Disneyland. Yeah, they started playing About at how old was Josh when he started doing 12, that? 12, I think. Oh, <laughs> just yeah. a little guy. He's yeah. 12. It was interesting because... Um, you know, everybody thought, oh, man, and even me, I thought, oh, man, how is this going to work? Everyone's going to hate me, which a lot of them did, for letting Josh leave junior high. But I went over to the junior high, and I talked to the counselor. And the counselor even said, well, from the reports we get, he shouldn't be in this school anyhow. He sits in the back of the room and pulls his hat down and reads drum magazines. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so, so they were totally fine. They understood. They're like, get rid of him. We're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> let him do his thing. How did that work logistically? You couldn't go out with him, but no. he's a minor. Right. So how'd that, you just sent. You're just, like, be free. Yeah, right. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Break the rules. That, ta that takes a lot of faith as a dad. 
Yeah, to do that. you know. <laughs> you know? But the Zappas were. Josh spent a lot of time with the Zappas Before. up at their house. Okay, living up there, recording up there. So Frank you... Frank was his idol from the time he was a little kid. Is that really? Right? Yes. Can you believe that? Frank Zappa was his idol. And, of course, you know, that was a great relationship of Dweezil and all. So you kind of knew how their family worked anyway. Yes. You had a good... Frank didn't drink. Yeah. He didn't do drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was was unusual. It was a better environment than what you could have hoped. Oh, yeah. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Wow. Right. So that that was fun. So just on that whole idea that you've let your kids kind of be who they needed to be, you gave them the ability to go out and really follow their dreams yeah is there anything you would have done differently as a dad i don't think so as i think right now you know i mean everything just seemed to work you've yep. done something really phenomenal well you know it just turned out that way it, it, well i mean there's that but you were a single dad right. and there i mean yeah a lot of things could go wrong yeah but, so yeah it's good and they spent some time you know they went back and forth between my house and their mom's house sure whatever so sure it all worked great with your own career are there things you would have done differently i don't know one of the mistakes that i think i made was buck owens uh wanted to record that tune uh and on a record but he wanted his name on it uh, as the writer producer or whatever and I should have let him do that because it would have spawned other things be, being on that, you know. So I said no. What song was it? So Stan, let me get this straight. You would not have gotten any credit on that record if Buck Owens had have taken that? And Yeah, he wanted to put, uh, take, uh, poli- I mean, uh, industry-wise, he wanted his name on, on everything there. I don't... I mean, I'm judging from 50 years later, but I wouldn't have let somebody do that. That's your writing. Well, yeah, right? but yeah, it is. But uh, but it happens know. all the time in music, right? Yeah, it happens a lot. Oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Yep. So there have been bumps along the road. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. There were some bumps. In 19, I think it was 1987, you got sober. Yes. Um, got can you sober. tell us a little bit about that? Well, I didn't. I didn't think I had a drinking problem, but but everybody else did. (laughs) That's kind of weird how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, right. What are you guys talking about? What's wrong with them? I'm fine with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Yeah. So yeah, man. What was the catalyst to you getting sober? Me waking up one morning uh, on the floor in my bedroom, and my dog, who I loved, was right there and bared her teeth at me. Uh-oh. Yes, Angel. The, it was Angel? Yes. Bared her teeth at me as I'm on the floor because she knew, and she loved me and I loved her, but she knew something was screwed up. And so I once I saw that, I walked over to the phone, called St. Jude's uh, Rehab Center and said, I'll be in in 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. It, it was, was a dog was that got dog. you sober. Well, I mean, everybody else was trying, and obviously I'd screwed my wife up, so uh, my life uh, and my wife. So <laughs> at some point... She left you. Yeah. At some point, I'll be getting, you know, it was going to, supposed to happen anyhow, or I would have just died, you know, like a lot of people just die. So I was lucky I didn't die. But yeah, the dog, man. And, and I just remember seeing that, walking over, calling information for... St. Jude's. Wow. Totally. Uh, so you've been sober since 87? Yeah. Never went back? No. And no. Is, you li- is life better? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes <laughs> you, know, you talk to these people, they're like, yeah. every day you washed your car. Yeah. Why was that? Because Debbie Reynolds uh, told me one time, uh, start every day with a job that you can finish every day. So you see a completion before 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, and washing and drying the car served that purpose for me. I could wash it and dry it, and it completed and looked great, you know, before I did anything else. That Done. was the only reason. I didn't care really if I had a dirty car, but, you know. You check that off your list. I accomplished yeah. something, and yeah. there it is. That was it's, it. It's kind, of the, it's kind of what AA is all about, right? Like, get something accomplished. Listen, as, an, as a mom, you know how that feels, Anne. There's days when you're like, what did I do today? I got nothing done. <laughs> I've been in my pajamas. My yeah. kids have run around. I mean, you get to that place. And when you told me that early on, 
that was something that I always thought about. Like, oh. just accomplish something. Maybe it's making your bed. What yeah. do you do now, Stan? Are you still washing your car every day? No. I go to the car wash. <laughs> See, this is what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah right. I expect yeah. that. Yeah. I, I don't think that I make it a point now to do something early in the morning and finish it. You know? Yeah. But I mean, I get it. Yeah. I love that you heard that from Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Who, so you must have a laundry list. Well, of Debbie Reynolds had a studio uh, up in Hollywood that I would rent out to audition people for Disneyland. Oh. All the Hollywood people didn't want to drive down to Anaheim to audition. Sure. So I rented out her her uh, studio, big okay. studio, yeah, dance studio. Oh. so And so that's how you met her. That's how I met her. Anybody yeah. else in the Hollywood set that stands out? Not really. <laughs> you were on a private plane yeah. that was Elizabeth Taylor's plane, or she just happened to be catching she a ride? She happened to be that. We were going down for a fundraiser to be on a fundraiser in Nashville okay. uh, at a um, nun, what do you call that? A uh, nunnery? Like yeah, a nunnery. Okay. Yeah, a big nunnery. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a fundraiser for them by Sam Lavello, the producer of Fiha. And so uh, we happened to be on that that plane going down there together. A private plane. Private plane. And yeah. Elizabeth Taylor had some advice for you on your eating habits or what? Yeah, she said, drink a gallon of water every day and you lose a pound a, ba- a day no matter what you eat. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, it's true. I tried it, but you pee a lot, I'll tell you that. You know, <laughs> I would hope. Full-time job drinking a gallon of water I know, and man. then trying to pee it out. Yeah. Oh, I know. This horrible. coming from the woman who's probably gained and lost more than everybody in this room, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Good advice. Good advice. Good advice. Yeah. And this is correct? You were never a touring musician, were you? No. Not with a band that toured. Mm-hmm. No. So how, what kind of advice then were you able to give Josh and Jason, if any? Well, yeah, because I had tons of friends that were touring and stuff. So, you know, it's just a matter of, I felt if they really wanted that, then I would support them Mm -hmm. in whatever they were doing. You know, like I say, I went to their school and the counselor said, yeah, have him go because he... He's meant to be doing that. He's not meant to be sitting in the back of a room listening yeah. to a teacher. Yeah. You every year throw a birthday party for yourself. Yeah, I used to do that. You don't do it anymore. COVID, we didn't do that. Yeah, anymore. So, but you have in the past, and for many, many, many years, you would throw a birthday sobriety At party. At Angelo and Vinci's. Yeah, oh. and but he did it at your house too. Yeah. And lots of people came there. Yeah. And it was really fun. Who are some of the people that you invited? Do you remember the people that you invited? Oh, no. I'll tell you who I remember. Tell us. There are small people that used to come. Oh, yeah, the Gailies, Glenn Gailey. And and they were people who were part of Disney, right. who were the characters Yeah. at Disneyland. Yeah, he did uh, Donald Duck. I just saw him yesterday. And he's a small person? Uh-huh. To yeah. fit into that costume. Yeah, they had totally. to yeah. hire someone who And his yeah. wife. Yeah, and his wife too, and their kids. All yeah. their kids yeah. are small people. Uh-huh. Yep, and Brad, his son, who's on a TV show called what? Uh, Mandalorian. The- oh, yeah, oh, he's on Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, he totally friends of ours. So you would have since I since I've never been to one of these parties. This is an anniversary of your sobriety, right? Wow. But it was like a who's who <laughs> of nutty things and people. You know, totally. Everybody used to call it a Fellini movie. Oh, for because real? Because I had giants. I had a couple of friends that were, you know, what? seven foot tall. <gasps> and then I had, you know, it was like everybody. I had guys that are just got out of jail. I had guys that were just going to jail. I had and nuns. And there's musicians I had nuns. there. My, and- my, my uh, sobriety, uh, what do you call it? Anyhow, sponsor? was a nun. Yeah, sponsor. Was a nun. Yeah, Sister Brigine, Sister B. She was a mother major, which means she was ahead of all the mother superiors in Orange County. So I heard her speak Mm. uh, at a, she's from Ireland, has the Irish brogan. Great. So I heard her speak um, at an AA meeting, and I went up afterwards and said, you know, I gave her 30 seconds rundown, and I said, because you, you normally don't have a female sponsor you have not the same sex sponsor. Right. So I said, would you uh, consider being my sponsor? Yeah. And she said, yeah. She said, uh, show up in the morning and we'll 
you know, talk about that. Did she turn out to be a great oh, sponsor? Oh, totally. So a sponsor is someone who does what? Well, they keep track of you. They're the person you go to for help in, in, in deciphering and, and uncovering the gifts of Alcoholics Anonymous. So how long was she your sponsor? Uh, a long time. She's not still living, is she? Yeah, she's in she Ireland. Is. Oh, she went back to yeah, Ireland. Yeah, she went back to Ireland. Did she mix her sponsoring advice with Christianity of any sort? Was there biblical? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, in, a, in a funny way, though. Oh. In a fun, you know, um, you might want to cut this out. But sure. She, she told me. We might me, not want to. Oh, okay. We'd go, I would go grocery shopping with her for the nunnery, yeah. and I would throw, like, condoms in there. <laughs> Uh, Tampex, all this stuff. And she wouldn't see it until we got up in line. <laughs> and then she'd be taking the stuff out. God damn it, Stan! <laughs> you know, she she would, would cuss at oh, you oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Out of all the things you've ever dealt with in Alcoholics Anonymous and being sober, what is there anything that you, is advice you would give to normal people that you've gleaned from that? Oh, totally. Like I always say, everybody should read the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Agreed. You know, the 12 steps. Everybody, mm -hmm. alcoholic or non-alcoholic, totally. How long did you spend, not to belabor this point, we can cut it out. How long did you spend in the St. Jude rehab? Like Two weeks. Okay, so they yeah. dried you out, and then you were sort of on your own, yeah. finding your AA and doing that. Right, mm -hmm. and my roommate, I, you know, I went in there and they... They introduced who my roommate, the guy was, that was in there. And he had been a bank robber, and he had robbed three banks. Wow. So obviously he was my hero right off the bat, <laughs> you know. So robbed three banks, and, uh, and I had all of that verified. But a really good guy, just the greatest guy. Yeah. But <laughs> so he's a bank robber. Yeah. There's people I'm a tuba out. player. What the hell? <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. A lot in common. A yeah. lot in common. Yeah. Do you still play the tuba today? Yeah. You pick it up and play it? Yep. I'm playing at Disney for something. Oh, for a seminar kind of thing. Yeah, so I still play once in a while. Do you write songs still? No, and I should. I was just thinking about that the other day. Yeah. Because I've written so many really good songs. I'm so surprised that the Grammy committee doesn't come over to my house <laughs> and want to look under my bed for all of my songs that are, I, that are I, Grammy songs. As They're, not a musical person, I, I have to ask, are you writing songs for the tuba? Or no. they can be played? Yeah, right. What are you working on now? Living. <laughs> It's pretty simple. I mean, huh? I'm almost 80 years old. You know? Are you, Are really? you almost yeah. 80? You look phenomenal. Yeah, Stand. well, that's drugs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Isn't that something? That's old. I think it's the red glasses. Might I, be. No, he looks but young. guess what? Looks young. I got nine pair of different colored glasses. Nice. It's gonna, it's just rotate those through? No yeah. one will ever know so, your... Well, you know what and I do? His, and a shock watch. Yeah. yeah. What I do... Oh, I've got... How many watches? hundred... Two what? or three hundred watches. Two or three hundred watches. Yeah. I love it. Listen, yeah. you, Stan doesn't do anything small. <laughs> if you go into his home, <laughs> the tuba tree is just the beginning. Yeah. What lies inside the house is something extra special. It's like yeah. a. It's almost as if it is like not a museum because it it's interacting. Well, it, it kind of is. It is a little bit museum-ish, but did you take a lot of Disney? Not take. Were you gifted Disney memorabilia through the years? <laughs> nope, not really. Tell him about your bathrooms. Oh, the Temple of Doodoo. <laughs> the Temple Indiana of Indiana Jones and Temple of Doodoo. Well, is there a rock that comes out? No, but it's all uh, Indiana Jones stuff. There's a snake? Yes. Well, I used to have, how many snakes? About 50? What? On the floor in on there. On the floor in the bathroom. Now, this oh, was a little snakes. bathroom, you know, so you like had to be closet. standing on rubber snakes to pee. So that got interesting. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doodoo. That was fun to do. And it, you did all the... I, I got... Uh, I was lucky to get some memorabilia uh, okay. stuff from Disney Yes. to put in there. But yeah, it's, that's all it is. Do you have any other rooms that are a tribute to Disney? Uh, well, Temple of Doodoo. And before that, it was... Uh, now now it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. it was the Temple yeah, of Doodoo. Doo -doo, and now it's the Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. And it says that in Disney logo up above. 
uh, it, the door. Is you know they took the redhead out of that ride. The we want the redhead out of oh, the Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. ride. She's not in your bathroom, is she? No. Okay. No. No. Just I tried. Sure. Yeah. yeah right. Okay. She'd be a great asset. He has his <laughs> own redhead in real life. He doesn't yeah. need another one. That's, That's true. Right. Your yep. wife is joining us today, and I have to give her a shout out, Tara. She's super helpful and the sweetest. She was also Miss Redhead International in 1975. Yeah. You got your own redhead. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. How many people would put up with me? You know, I mean, I've got little idiosyncrasies that you don't see, but I got them and she sees them, you know, and she's totally cool. I've lived she's next door here. to him and I've seen them. <laughs> Life, is, life's too long. Life is literally too long yep. to not have somebody in your life like a Stan Freeze. Well, that's I, how I, I feel. That. But that's how I just feel in general. Yeah. Have a good time because life's too long, man. I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know. So Stan, every, before every guest leaves us, we ask them to give us a takeaway gift, something that is their kind of their thing, their mantras, something that they say on a regular, something that people might know that you say all the time. It's Ram Das. Mm -hmm. His is, we're all just walking each other home. That's, that's the purpose of life. And he had another one that I'm not remembering, though. But that's kind of my deal. You know, we're all just walking each, each other, other home. home. So we're doing each other favors. You know, we're helping each other out. At least that's the way it should be. Exactly. You Wouldn't know? it be a great world if everyone was just walking each other home? Yeah. Well, that's my deal, man. I love it. Stan, thanks for coming on. We, this has been a long time coming. We're so glad that you finally were able yeah, to. Yeah, thanks. Carve out this some time fun. and come. Yeah. And if you write us a song, we'll have you back. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Just, that's a little bit of bribery. I mean, that's, you know, yeah, I'm right. sure he's going to go right out now and write it. It's got to well, be a tuba song, though. Write it before oh. we I leave. insist. Oh, I, I insist it's a tuba song. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, Thank Dan. Thank you, Stan. I'm yeah. Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. We're two average girls. We'll see you next time. Episodes of Two Average Girls are free wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button on the Two Average Girls main page so you never have to go searching for new episodes. Our editor is Aiden Bloomstein. Our social media producer is Samantha Stone. And original music for Two Average Girls is by Jason Fries. <laughs>